behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Lord God, we are gathered here tonight based on that very phrase, you came to save your people from their sins. We celebrate this with the passing of uh, bread and juice tonight as we recognize it represents your broken body, your shed blood. And we are so thankful to be gathered together as a body of believers, giving praise, giving glory to you. Uh, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to listen to Ava as she plays for us our call to worship, the first Noel.
that's why we're here. Born is the King. Let's stand together and join in singing Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. Please come and help us light our Christ candle tonight. This Advent season, we have lit the candles of prophecy, deity, humanity, and of good news. And tonight, we light the center white candle, the Christ candle. This candle is white in color because Jesus was without sin, and we are not. However, God graciously justifies us through our faith in Christ. He was the payment for our sin. Tonight, we celebrate that Jesus Christ was born to live a perfect life, die for our sins on the cross, be buried in a tomb, and then be resurrected on the third day. He ascended into heaven, and one day soon, he's coming back again. Tonight, we celebrate as we light the Christ candle. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Brother Andy read this this morning. It's worth reading again from Luke 2. And in the same region there were shepherds, out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ who came to deliver us from our bondage to sin. We praise you tonight for sending the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you that Christ was born so he could die and then rise again on that glorious third day. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was pondering, what are we going to do on Christmas Eve? And why God didn't tell me this at 3 p.m., I don't know, but he told me at 3 a.m. one morning. And my mind was just flooded with uh, this song and the scripture references that come from this song, O Holy Night. Let me share with you just quickly. The Hebrew word holy is godesh, which means apartness, separateness, sacredness. Synonyms would include reverent, pure, virtuous, righteous, sacred, hallowed. Clearly, it was a holy night. The stars are brightly shining, Matthew 2, 9. And behold, the star that had, they had seen went before them. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth, Luke 2, 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Long lay the world in sin and error, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Sin and error, pining or longing. Romans 8. For we know that the whole world, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth. And not only creation, but we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. Till he appears and the soul felt its worth. Here the biblical progression of an encounter with God happens in... Uh, Isaiah 6, he appears, verse 1, I see the Lord, and I see he is high and lifted up. Verse 3, I see all of creation crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and our souls feel its worth. Verse 5, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. But don't despair. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Hebrews 10 19 through 23, and I need to read all of this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places of the blood of Jesus, symbolized by the juice, by the new and living way that he opened for us the curtain, that is, through his flesh, symbolized here by the bread. And since we have a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to the true heart with full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean within, uh, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, the thrill of hope, without wavering. 
for he who promised is faithful. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Isaiah 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Fall on your knees. Well, based on what God has done, that's our only rational response, isn't it? Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, your logical worship. The great hymn writer Isaac Watts said it this way, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Oh, hear the angel voices again, Luke chapter 2, and suddenly there was with him a, a, the angel of, a, a, with the angel a mo- multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. O night, divine, again, let's go back to Webster, divine, of, relating to, or proceeding directly from God. It was absolutely divine. O night, when Christ was born, Galatians 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. The second verse we'll do is truly he's taught us to love one another. John 13, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. And his law is love. Romans 13, and the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. And verse 10 goes on to say, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And his gospel is peace. Romans 10, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. Now we have to understand that this was written in the mid-1800s, what was going on in the world at that time. The uh, people were about to abolish slavery in most parts of the world, but spiritually speaking, Romans 8, for the law of the Spirit has set you free in Christ from uh, in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Revelation 20. Satan will be released from his prison. Verse 10. And the devil who deceived them is thrown into the lake of fire. And he will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Oppression will cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. We could pick a hundred of those. But uh, here's one. Psalm Uh, 68 sing to the Lord sing praises to his name lift up a song to him let all within us praise his holy name again hundreds of choices but Psalm 103 bless the Lord O my soul and all's within me bless his holy name Christ is the Lord Philippians 2 so that at the name of Jesus every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Revelation 19 he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, praise his name forever. Again, hundreds of choices. We chose Psalm 115. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. His power and glory evermore proclaim Isaiah 9. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. Revelation 11. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So with those words, God's words, ringing in your hearts and in your minds, let's uh, worship with this great song, O Holy Night.
again drawing from this morning's text of scripture. Listen to the word of the Lord. Hebrews 2, 17. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. And listen to these words. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, if you follow what it means to be merciful and faithful, we can see at least what the scripture says about mercy is the fact that he would forgive the sins of man. That God would be merciful in forgiving sins. That's mercy. Where is faithfulness coming in? It comes in to the fact that Jesus Christ himself was faithful to the call of God on his own life and the will of the Father. Listen to the Bible. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And was he faithful? You better believe it. He was faithful to do the will of the Father, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And here's the commentary. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings, and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So considering that he gives mercy to forgive sinners, why can he do that? Because he was faithful to fulfill the will of God and give himself as a sacrifice where bulls and goats and cows were only commercials, pictures, types that could never take away sin. Jesus, by one offering of his body, took away sin forever. That's what Christ did. Now, scholars will debate on the word propitiation. Do you see it in the text? It is really atonement. But the issue is, does it mean a covering of man's sin, which is forgiveness, or does, the Greek word is halasmos, or does it mean that God turns away, that Christ turned away the wrath of the Father against our sin? Which one is it? So the one term is called expiation, and it means a covering of guilt, of sin, in order to forgive, a wiping away, a carrying away of our sin, or is it the satisfaction where your sin is covered and God's wrath turns away and the Father is satisfied in the actual sacrifice? Well, Hebrews will teach both. So it shouldn't be either or here. It is both of them. If you let your mind go back to the Passover, you remember the 10th plague? Obviously, the Lord's Supper comes from the Passover, right? If you think back to Exodus 12, in the death of the firstborn, what was the command of the Lord to the people of Israel? Take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts. 
And here are two phrases. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, that's the term Passover. Well, when I see the blood is expiation. When I see the blood, I know your sin is covered. I know you did what was asked in the command of God so that you would not lose your firstborn. Sin was covered. But when I, pass over, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Passover is propitiation. My wrath will be turned away and I will not judge you. So herein, is, this text says that he was merciful and faithful high priest who made propitiation for our sin. So listen to the depth of this. He not only, when you trust him, he not only covers your sin and removes the guilt, he turns the wrath of God away from you. You don't get what you deserve, you get mercy. That's what forgiveness of sin is. That's what Christ, our merciful and faithful high priest, did for us. The other thing that sticks out to me in this text regarding the Lord's Supper is the author really hasn't said why it is that humanity dies. Y'all see that here? He, he says that there's the fear of death that we face all the time, chapter 2, verse 14. But he, but he really hasn't said anything about why human beings die. Well, the answer is pretty clear when you look at the faithful high priest who atoned for sin. Why is it that mankind dies? He dies because of sin. That has been the plight of mankind since the beginning of Genesis 3. The Bible says because of Adam's sin, sin entered into this world. And how do you know that sin is in the world? Well, we see it everywhere, right? But, but we die because of one man's sin. Sin entered into this world. So the fact of the matter is death can be conquered. Why? Because sin can be conquered. And that's the, the depth of this. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, priestly overtones, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So that brings about this thought. How is it? We know that Jesus died, but what is the explanation of the death that he died? And how is it that it removes our fear of death? How is it that it puts us in a different frame of mind? We might say it this way. How is it that it doesn't hinder the destiny of humanity? How is he going to solve that particular issue of death? Well, folks, the issue is when you explain the death of Christ, it is that the only explanation for us not having the fear of death is that propitiation has been made. Your sin has been taken away. And thus, we might be tempted to think, well, Jesus paid a ransom to Satan. That's called the payment to Satan ransom theory. You think that's what happened? Was it when Jesus died that it appeased Satan and therefore you're not fearing death anymore? No, folks. The propitiation appeased God. God put forth his son as a propitiation for our sins. Why? So that when Jesus died, he died on behalf of his people and he forgives us of our sin. He takes away 
the major weapon in the armor of the enemy. And the Bible says it clearly. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So please understand, when we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, and you pick up that cracker representing the body. It's not the body of Christ. It represents the body of Christ. When you partake of the juice in this cup, you are remembering that Jesus Christ made propitiation for your sins. He atoned for your sins. He paid the penalty. He turned the wrath of God away. And now, death has no sting. Death has no victory. Why? Because we're going to go into eternity with the full payment being made where you have direct access to God unhindered forever. That's if you were carrying your sin into, the, into eternity, you're going to get the just recompense of that. But Jesus removes the sin, turns the wrath of God away, so that when you enter into eternity, you're entering in with your sin having been laid upon Christ, not yourself. And I don't know what y'all think about that, but I think it's good news, right? It's such good news. Now, just allow me to read Luke's account of the Lord's Supper. And I love this one. I really had not thought about Jesus' words in this one and how it relates to Hebrews and the suffering part until I read this one. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. If you've heard Hebrews 2, this ought to resonate in your heart. Before I suffer, Jesus longed to teach them the most important truths that they would ever hear. That his broken body and his sacrifice on the cross would forgive them of their sins forever. That's good news. That's important. And he longed to teach them this. The Bible says, For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said to them, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, this cup... After they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me at the table. Do y'all notice something awesome here? There are two cups in Luke's version. You ever notice that? He gives out two cups. The first one is a communal cup, and he gave it out as one cup, and they divided it. In, in other words, they drank from the same cup. Why is that important? Because Jesus was teaching them the perspective of communal life with one another. This is my church family. And that's what the first one was for. Jesus said in Hebrews 2, You are my brothers. You are my sisters. And that first cup is a reminder that we have a common salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Irrespective of persons. No matter what your socioeconomic class is, no matter what culture you come from, if you're in Christ, you're my brother and sister, right? And that's what Christ was emphasizing. The first cup was the communal part. 
that you are brothers and sisters. You belong to Christ. You are his people because of salvation. And then he takes the bread and he breaks it. It says, my body broken for you. Then he takes the cup and says, this is the new covenant in my blood poured out for many. So just a reminder tonight as we partake of the Lord's Supper, be thankful that propitiation. God has been propitiated on your behalf because of Christ. So what he did for you. If you don't know the Lord tonight, if you're lost and your sins are not forgiven, you don't know Jesus, you don't know the gospel, you don't know Christ, well, the scripture says as, as often as we do this, we proclaim his death until he comes. In other words, God can save you. The gospel can change your life. God can remove your guilt, right? Uh, he can turn the wrath of God away from you. So to God be the glory. As we participate tonight, uh, may we remember, we truly remember what Jesus Christ did for us. He didn't die because Americans are pretty good people. He died because we're sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need Christ. We all need to be saved. We need to trust the Lord. Amen? We need to be saved. Let's pray. Lord God, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, you told us as one of the ordinances that we're commanded to do, one is baptism, the other is the Lord's Supper. You ask us as often as we partake of it, we do it in remembrance of you. It's a look back at what you did for us on the cross. Having bore our sins in your body on the tree. It's a look within, as it says in 1 Corinthians. So that we realize that we don't want to partake of this in an unworthy manner. We want to make sure that we don't have aught against our brother. Unforgiveness or unforgiven sin. Unrepented of sin. It's a look back. It's a look within. It's a look around. We have brothers and sisters in this room tonight. And they are brothers and sisters in Christ. They belong to you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the communion and the joy we have in this church family with each other. But it's also a look ahead. Lord Jesus, you are coming back again. In power and in glory. And your word says in Luke 22 that you would not partake of it again until the kingdom comes. And you said that with joy. Knowing that we, your children, will be around your table forever. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we distribute the bread, Brother Andy Ellett's going to pray. Let's pray together. Our holy, heavenly Father, we come before you tonight um, in solemn remembrance, following your command, in humble gratitude, just as you've told us to. And we uh, remember that we're celebrating tonight a plan, a fitting plan, a perfect plan, the only plan of salvation that was formulated before the creation of the world. And we do so in following your command and adoration and worship of you. Lord, there were thousands upon thousands of Passover suppers that were held in remembering um, 
the Passover lamb and how they were spared and the propitiation, the expiation, and the covering that they received. But Lord, that night you commandeered the Passover supper, and now we celebrate it as your supper, the Lord's supper. Uh, Lord, that as you said, my body is given now for the new covenant. And so we gather tonight, Lord, to worship you in adoration and praise for the plan that you executed. And just as Brother Philip said, we also look forward to the final supper, uh, the supper of the Lamb. And there will be no more Passover suppers or Lord's suppers. It will just be a continuous worshiping supper for you, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Thank you for your sacrifice, and may we live lives that are worthy of such a sacrifice and calling. In your name we pray. Amen.
In the Gospels, the Lord said, this is my body, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. In the, in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, a body you have prepared for me. Also, Hebrews 10, 14. By one single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Uh, the perpetuity of the sacrificial system, priests entering in on your behalf, over. The very moment that body was offered for us. We need to praise God for that. Amen. Take and eat. Brother Blake's going to pray. Let's pray before we distribute the cup. Father God, we do come to you now in a time of remembrance. And as we look back, I can't imagine the cost of my salvation, of my Lord and Savior hanging on a cross for me. But I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And thank you that you made the ultimate sacrifice. You died, you rose again. And today you just sit down at the right hand of the Father. So God, as we come to this point and we pass the cup, help us to remember the cost of our salvation and how much you love each of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Debbie's always guilty of playing songs that make me want to shout during the Lord's Supper. I'm trying to be reserved. The song she played, Jesus Saves. That, that's what we're saying to you when we hold up this cup. We say this to the world, that the price not will be paid has already been paid. And Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. As you hold this cup up and drink it, you're able to say, my sins are forgiven. When you close your eyes in death, you know full well you have a high priest who is merciful and faithful, who's conquered death, and you too shall conquer death. I remember an old preacher friend of mine, Dr. Sam Cathy, who was an evangelist that lived in Oklahoma, dear friend of mine. He often said, I don't know for sure which way I want to go. I don't know if I want to go in the rapture and just escape death or go through the grave. He said, I really would rather go through the grave because that's what my Lord did and resurrected on the other side. Amen. To God be the glory. His blood was poured out for the sins of many. Before we sing Silent Night, thanks, Debbie. For the songs you pick out. Um, you know in Psalm 150. When it talks about all those musical instruments. That we can use to praise the Lord. I honestly believe the harp has to be at the top. When y'all say that. So Miss Ava thank you so much for playing tonight. I don't know if I've ever heard the first Noel like that before. And we may not ever hear it like that again. Unless Ava does it on the harp. <clears throat> praise God. Brother David thank you for all your work. And those who decorated inside. And, and God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight. It's a joy to pick up those trays and they're empty because that many people came and to God be the glory. We're going to sing and go home. Love your church family. We're going to sing uh, Silent Night and uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. All right. Let's, uh, let's bow and just contemplate uh, what God has done for us to this first verse and then we'll rise and sing together.
Merry Christmas. God bless you.